Hey, just want to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shoutouts on the podcast. I've recently started working part-time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel. So any support would be massively appreciated, and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full-time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to patreon.com slash hooptheory. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash hooptheory. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome to the Rick Berry episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, a.k.a. episode 64. A.k.a. My also name- a guy that doesn't know ball. Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> My name is Logan Wortman, uh, recording this one on the afternoon of Tuesday, November 14th. And as usual, I'm joined by my lively co-host, Jacob Roth. Jacob, how does it feel to be on the Rick Barry episode? I feel moderate about that, but being referred in the same sentence as Derek Lively feels pretty juicy. Because mm-hmm. if you haven't been paying attention to the world of basketball, that's a name that you should know. Yeah. Everyone listening. Because sure. he is the missing key. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll talk about that probably more later. But I am pumped and a, a pumped and a half to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just not, not on the Rick Barry, not on the no, Rick Barry episode. That's whatever. For those yeah. that don't know, this man is in the corner of shame because he just slandered my boy Jalen, which I'm also going to do probably at some point. <laughs> but... His slander was delusional. Mm-hmm. My slander is out of love. <laughs> Pure love. Just yeah. unadulterated, just aggression and passion. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have some, a lot of things to talk about, really. A lot of smaller things. Uh, the world of basketball is pretty crazy right now. Yeah. Um, the Nuggets are still, we still have the one seed in the West right now because of the tiebreaker we have over the Mavs, but we did lose our last game that we played, which was just the other night on Sunday against the Houston Rockets of all teams, which is... They ain't no 30. <clears throat> yeah, a team that you had 30, I had 28th, to be fair. Um, so we both were pretty off with them. I think they're closer to the 20 spot, somewhere in there at least. Well, so, okay, also, question, question, question. The Nuggets have the one seed, but they lose it as soon as the Bulls, the Wolves, T-Wolves, Timberwolves, play the same number of games as them, correct? Right? Because they Wolves only have two losses, if memory serves. Let me check that really quick. Yes, the Wolves only have two losses. So if they win their next game, then they'll have the one seed. Well, no, they wouldn't, because there would be a three-way tie then. And then it would go by whoever, oh, and they would get it in that though, yes, from the three-way tie because they would it would be it would go by whoever is the highest seeded of their division, and for that they would be beating the Nuggets in our division because they have the head-to-head tiebreaker. But then would the Mavericks have like some sort of weird head-to-head? It just it's no, it, nine it, games it, in. It, it doesn't be, matter. It's it irrelevant. Go, it would go Timberwolves one, and then it would go Nuggets versus Mavericks head to head, and that Nuggets have that, so Nuggets would be two. 
But why would the Mavericks and the Timberwolves not be a part of the first head-to-head? Because there's three teams. You can't do head-to-head with three teams. No. So if there's three teams, so the fact you need to find Mavericks, one. You need to get this, one that's better than the other three, or the other two, right? So that you have yeah. three teams, you need to get one team to come out of that as the one seed. No, but so, I was saying if there's... But the Mavericks have not played the... I'm tracking now. Um, and it wouldn't the, matter if they had either, because it, you can't go head-to-head. In a three-way tie, no, it just if goes... the only way it would matter is if the Mavericks had beat the Wolves. No, it but it still, wouldn't, it still wouldn't matter, because the Wolves would still be the, the highest in their... Which are the Mavericks the higher in their highest yeah. in their division? Okay, so then it would have to be a, a tiebreaker between them, I guess, because the South. I feel like the Nuggets Southwest. would bump down to three in that in that imaginary world situation. Yeah, I forgot about the Mavericks probably being the top of their. They would have to be, yeah, yeah, because if they're the third in the West, yeah, mm-hmm. fourth is probably the it is the Rockets, I think. Anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, this is all like week game ten or nine for everyone, so it. Has negative playoff implications. <laughs> Not quite negative, but uh, yeah, we, we're still pretty early in. Only got a ten game sample so far for some teams. There's some teams that haven't point, played. You know what's depressing and, though? What out of eighty? Let's say the game's eighty. The season's eighty games. Twelve point five percent of the season. Twelve point yeah. five is already gone. Uh-huh. Already You're behind that's us. Fast. Yeah, that it feels like it was lightning. Yeah, Grease it does lightning. feel fast. Mm-hmm. Just sow, sow, sow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Sow, sow, sow. And uh, we're getting some of the some of those games have been worth more than other games because of the in season tournament, which I am a big proponent of. I just want to put that out. I I feel like I haven't spoke on that in a way that's like I love the in season tournament. You know, we've just kind of talked yeah. about it, not really given our opinion on it. Mm-hmm. But I honestly really love the in season tournament. And I hope it's here to stay because oh, it definitely will be. It's a lot of fun. Um. We need to do that. If anyone listened to last episode, we didn't do that PowerPoint thing to send to Adam Silver, mm-hmm. giving us what they should do. But I also was thinking about it. It's probably they're doing it right now because right now they're fist fighting with the NFL. I'm yeah, like, I was, I was going to say the ratings. ratings are actually probably the lowest right now of the year. I think that is the, that's After the reason the, like, why they chose. opening weekend. They're probably just like go to the floor and then when football goes away, they go up. Also, yeah. the NBA, I think, is the most behind on stream streamed things. Because, like, I got Fubo, F-U-B-O TV. Oh, uh, really? I do. Me too. I like it. I, I have it, and then I, I get rid of it the second the NFL season's over. Because I only get, like, two NBA games. You would, you, have, you would have the Nuggets, the... I don't know about Incarni, I guess, but you would have at least the Nuggets, I think. No, yeah, because we get altitude. The altitude network's one of them. Yeah, but in terms of like the TNT and stuff, like I don't get like oh TNT NFL, is not on Fubo. Yeah, that's the one it, thing that that's bad about Fubo. Which just means you remove like a huge chunk of the primetime basketball games. Yeah, yeah. For TNT. a streaming service, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I feel like the NFL is just more accessible via streaming, and that is the thing that the NBA will probably catch up eventually. Um, yeah. But they they should look into that outside of just having. Uh, NBA Game Pass or whatever they call it. Yeah, League Pass. Yeah. League Pass. And uh, there's some teams. It's I think it's Phoenix and Utah. Uh, this year is the first season ever that they don't. They're not on an RSN like one of their regional mm-hmm. sports networks anymore. They just have a website that their games stream on, and then and then they're on like a local channel. 
I guess. They're like the game is also broadcasted onto a local channel in in their city. But Oh. Yeah. Interessante. It is interesting. Um but yeah, so anyways, I can't remember how we got on that, but we were talking about Oh yeah, the ratings. So the ratings this time of year are not great. Uh, especially because I think this is the way I've heard it said at least that uh people don't really watch the NBA until Christmas usually. Christmas is like the time where all the viewers of the NBA Swap. like tend to tune in finally. Um but now apparently NFL has games on Christmas. That's a thing now. Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Well, which that sounds terrible. I don't like that thing well, this, that changing. Well, this Christmas, well, the NFL won't have games on Christmas if it's a, if it's on a Wednesday or a Tuesday. Like the NBA oh. will NBA will move games to Christmas and Christmas Eve. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, well, games happen on any day of the week, so it's not really moving. NFL, Christmas is on a Monday, I think, this year. Okay, so, so the it's NFL just will for happens sure have... to, it just happens to coincide. Well, they'll probably the throw an extra game there, because the NFL season also, once college football goes away, kind of just, like, stretches and, like, takes up more time. So less games are, like, exclusive, oh, regionally yeah. locked. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They have <laughs> games on Saturday once the college football season's over. Mm-hmm. which is also not quite it's a little bit after christmas but like last couple weeks of the season there's like i think a saturday two saturday games maybe two monday games even. they go kind of weird mm. yeah I, yeah anyway. i've heard it said before that like the christmas has always been like the nba's time because nfl never has games on christmas i thought at least or maybe they just have um, christmas eve usually Okay, I, yeah, because I think I think the NFL's thing was like they get Christmas off for the players. Well, that's not the case this year. There's yeah three games going on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, this year it's changed, and and that I don't like that because me growing up in the state of Nebraska, where many people care much more about football than than basketball, for sure. Um, my family has always, you know, whenever we're together, like football is the, obviously the, the number one pick to go on the screen that or golf usually, I guess. But, um, cause of the, you know, the older patriarchs in the family get to decide, but, um, on Christmas, I've always enjoyed that. It's like, oh, well, the only sports on right now is basketball. So I can just put NBA up on the TV and nobody can really argue with it because what else, what else are we going to watch? You know, um, so I've always enjoyed having that, but now I can't even have that, it feels like. So I'm not a fan of the NFL's or Roger Goodell's, whoever is making the decision to play well, on Roger Christmas Goodell's Day. way better. I can't stand Roger Goodell, but he is way better than Adam Silver. Adam Silver is going to be looked back and will be like, yeah, he kind of sucked. Really? I've almost heard the entire complete opposite of that from most people, but I, don't, I guess I don't know enough to speak on it. But I think that... Adam Silver was handed. David Stern is goat. In- Players don't like him, but he grew the game of basketball. Yeah, you know that was his. But like, that's the thing. They're both good at what their mission is. Like, they both have very di- starkly different missions. Uh, yeah. Like, it's pretty clear. Like the David Stern's whole thing was, I'm trying to get the game as global as possible. You know. Um, and then Adam Silver is, I'm trying to get as close to LeBron James as I can. I think I think Adam Silver's main thing is he he's trying to market players and and he's trying to reach as much of the next generation coming up like he's trying to make the next generation more basketball fans than 
other sports than football mainly. I think that's going um, very poorly. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel like all little kids, like young people nowadays, it's like way more basketball than football. Because like it's just basketball is such a social media, like th- more than any other sport, like uh, so much of the engagement of the NBA is happens on social media. I guess the only children I hang out with are two years old and haven't really decided a sport yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that uh, my daughter hates watching football and basketball. Yeah. I mean, and sure. <laughs> my son was like six months, big fan. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not- just a color with other colors zipping around. Big fan of both? Yeah. He, yeah. he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, one of the biggest fans of the like in season tournament tournament, <laughs> tournament courts yeah because it's just this aggressive color mm-hmm. uh with other things spattered around it so that's that's exciting mm-hmm. um and have i i have not seen the pelicans court yet have they played on it i th- i don't know i don't think so i think they were away for both of them and, or maybe. didn't play in one of the weeks uh yeah i was not able I think to watch only the celtics, one. that celtics game live uh i was what was i doing Oh, high school football. I was at a high school football game for the radio. Mm. Anyway, um, I don't like it. I just wish it was flipped. I liked the the color idea for the Celtics, but I just wanted the colors to be flipped. We're bouncing all over the place. I don't even know yeah. if we've actually really started this episode at all in like a genuine, real fashion. Well, I mean, we started talking about something we weren't planning on talking about, but I still think it, I mean, it's it's a good conversation at least. Yeah. Um, uh, I think Adam, so, well, Roger Goodell is just like the worst but all commissioners, if you're doing a good job as commissioner, you're most likely not going to be loved by everybody. Yeah. I mean, because you're like pushing, whether you're like making changes happen. So all the like old heads are like, or me are like, why are you making changes? Changes are terrible. Mm-hmm. Or you're doing things that like, I think Roger Goodell is not as player friendly or good at, like, good for NFL players. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like he has done a very good job of like, Football is like this untouchable thing for yeah the how it's always been and like what all adults tune into every you know every time that it's on just like even it's Sunday like, night you're like oh yeah exactly. you're just hanging like, out with friends Sunday night you'll just throw football on yeah football's the thing and um so that's the thing though like the fact that he's very protective also of like the copyright of of NFL like he's there people aren't allowed to really put a lot of NFL film into videos on, on YouTube and stuff like that without it being copyrighted in some way. It's a weird, different deal, yeah. And NBA is like very, very loose on that. And the reason is, is because Adam Silver's whole motto basically is like, it, as long as people are engaging with it, that helps our product. It doesn't matter if we're making money off of every single video. Because eventually we will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just wants, he wants it to infiltrate the minds of all of the youths, you know, and, and basketball to just be this ever apparent or ever uh, present thing in people's, in, in, you know, the youth's lives, which is on the internet and on social media and on YouTube for the most part, more so than it's like tuning in on YouTube TV or, you know, some of the TV platforms to stream like a full game, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I just um, saw a picture of a, a ghost of Larry Bird next to Sam Hauser shooting, and then the caption just says "Walk with me." Walk with me. You never heard oh, that, oh. or like, like walk. Let's have a conversation. Oh, walk yeah. with me. Uh-huh. Uh And it's he, just a, I haven't been paying attention to Sam Hauser. Has he not been shooting well? Oh no, he just had a very great shooting yesterday. Oh, so 
good is a positive. It, no, it was a, it was a ghost of like Larry Bird shooting, and then right next to him is Sam Hauser shooting. Yeah, saying they like look alike and they're the same, uh, and then it says walk with me. Gotcha. Um, yeah. because if people don't know where I get my NBA news, speaking of social media, Twitter is mm-hmm. where I find a lot of my little little bit of tidbits of NBA news. Uh, and speaking of NBA news, you know what's the most prevalent, Logan? What is that? Uh, all the memes about James Harden being terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually seen any memes, honestly. Oh, my favorite one is it was a picture of, uh, oh, who beat, it might have been the, have the Wolves beat them? I don't know if they've played. Whoever, someone that beat them, the best player was like a barber and then cut an L into James Harden's beard. It was so funny. Yeah, that is funny. I, I, I don't know who... I haven't been paying attention too much to the actual... I've seen a couple of the games that James Harden's played in. Actually, I know where I saw it. These people need to be stopped, but they're funny. Um, have you seen these, these like seemingly to be official accounts for NBA teams, but from Brazil? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Argentina, they have some of those. I yeah. just have seen Brazil ones, because like... The Brazil Timberwolves social media person needs to calm down. (laughs) It is the most out-of-pocket, provocative, AI-generated imagery I've ever seen. Really? For the wolves? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for the wolves. Like, there's one of them where, like, this, like, furry-looking wolf guy, like, picks up another wolf. I have seen that. He eats him. Yeah, that was a while ago that I saw that. There's, like, another one where, like... When they beat the Warriors, there was, like, a guy fighting with a sword, and then the wolf knocks him over and, like, assumes a position oh, yeah. of mm-hmm. not... And I'm just like, is this actually affiliated with the NBA? Like, what is going I don't know. on? I'm no, I don't know who runs it, but I know that there's a lot of teams that have that, that have, like, different, like, team accounts from different places. Like, a lot of them are in Brazil and Argentina, and then there's some in, like, well, and uh, I wish Indonesia. That you, so you can, like... Sometimes if it tweets in a different language, it'll say translate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, it doesn't let me translate their thing. So it says, Tem- do Timberwolves know Brazil? This is Portuguese. I don't speak Portuguese. But yeah. anyway, um, they also just did it, uh, <laughs> just a video of two guys dancing ab- above the official Steph Curry's not playing. Because <laughs> he's not playing tonight. <laughs> so it's like two people dancing. Wow. That is worth a follow. They are. That it's does sound weird, like it. But yeah. it's just comical. And it's even better when you don't speak Portuguese. Because it's just a meme and then everybody just ha ha ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is pretty wild. I, I, I'll have to follow them, honestly, on Twitter. <laughs> I'm going to send you up. one of these. Uh, you don't have to throw it up if you don't want to because I know that takes a bunch of extra time. This is the one that like secured that I am going to follow this account. This image, I was like, I am giving them my follow. Um, it's a picture of Steph Curry, AI generated, running away from a wolf through a forest. But it's like, it's messed up. Anyway, we okay. got very distracted. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess to start off, like our actual plan for the episode, I'll, I'll touch on the Nuggets loss to the Rockets the other night. I kind of, I think I mentioned it, um, but going into that a little bit more. Uh, the Nuggets are without Jamal Murray, for those that don't know. Uh, he's going to be out basically the rest of this month. Um, hopefully he'll be back after that. But yeah, things have been not great with... Because, you know, even though I, I've been vocal about um, Michael Mullen's decision in the past, at least, for 
putting Jamal Murray as the like the sole starter in the second unit, staggering his minutes with the with the bench. Um, I think it was necessary to do for like either him or Jokic or MPJ, so, somebody to to play that role. Um, but this year, I think Jamal has gotten a lot better in that realm. Like last year, because his his season last year was a big ramping up into what he eventually would become in the playoffs. This year, he hasn't been awesome, but at least in the second unit, things were looking better with people playing off of him. Um, but without him, our, our like the bench unit is just like lost because then we have to bring in Reggie Jackson as the starting point guard, and he just follows the same substitution pattern that we do with with Murray. So it's Reggie Jackson that stays in there for like the first half of the first quarter. Then he comes out. Colin Gillespie comes in as the point guard with the starters, and then Reggie Jackson rotates back in with the bench. Um, and he's basically the star of the show uh, on the bench unit, Reggie Jackson. And and he's looked a lot, he's looked really good this season in the starting unit, like w- when he's playing off of Jokic, but in, with no no other starters around him it's not not a great look um and we've had to like the rotation pattern the last few games without jamal has been very all over the place it's been like there's a lot of stretches where it's like just Jokic and all bench players which i think is probably the best way to go for staggering because yeah. um, he's like like it's widely acknowledged that like if your floor as an nba player is here mm-hmm. Jokic just kind of just aggressively shoves it up yeah to where you're like a starter on some teams. Mm-hmm. Did you see this game? Like, did you look at the stats at all from this game, the Nuggets Rockets game? I was not able to. I saw like snippets of it, but I was not able to like mm-hmm. just commit time. Yeah. So Jokic had this was a 107 104 loss. Jokic had 36 points, 21 rebounds, 11 assists. So a 30 20 10 game, another one. Um, he was a plus 12 in a three point loss. Um, and also, I think the craziest thing was um, the, in the minutes that Jokic didn't play, because he played 38 minutes and 15 seconds. In that amount of time, uh, 10 minutes that he wasn't on the floor, do you know how, just take a guess at how many points the Nuggets scored while he wasn't in the game? Four. Two. Ah! <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that's Nuggets worrisome. Two actually. points. Yeah. Well, like obviously, when you're like that good of a team, you miss a big piece. Your team's way worse. But are the Nuggets the most like player fragile? Not because their players are fragile, but like you just remove the Jokic piece, and they're like a play-in team. We're way worse than a play-in team. If you okay, that's the other thing we didn't talk about this before that we started the show. But like earlier this week, I was thinking this has to be what we talk about on the episode. I totally okay. forgot about it. We're gonna but. Throw James Harden out the window. They're he'll bad he'll come him. up. He'll come up. But the this is something that we just need to talk, spend some time on, which is the amount of people I've been seeing recently that are saying in our TikTok comments and on Twitter and stuff, saying that Jokic is overrated because his team is so good. Well, that's kind of crazy. Um, that's that's really <laughs> yes. People that's are crazy. saying that. Um, you think. There's like some people you could say that about. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jokic isn't that guy. Yeah. I think they're a play-in team still. No, they are not. They're, there's no way. There's no like the Nuggets without Jokic in the past three years now have been the worst team in basketball. Literally, 
they've been an, uh, on average like an 18 to 19 win team per season, like each season is what their projected total wins would be over an 82 game season if they played every game without Jokic, according to the numbers of his on and off, you know, uh, numbers. So it's like with How him, many of those was without John Maul Murray also, though? Well, most of them, but I last, last season. <laughs> But okay, I mean, because that's been that's so. If you the, take away your first and second options, well, that that was our team for a long time, though. It was no, just I understand. Jamal wasn't on it, so yes. But n- now, last year, it was. I think he broke the his record that he previously set in uh, expected wins added. So it was still couldn't have been more than a twenty five win team because I think the projected with him, like if if every game was played with him on the floor every minute, it was like a. 66 win team or this is like where that. i struggle these numbers where i, I get confused I, I understand Jokic being on the floor makes this team infinite like infinitely better i yeah i understand that part but putting specific numbers on it that's where i'm like you know i, I well, don't get it it's, so it's based on the uh the minutes that he plays the possession that he plays like how what is our uh offensive rating in those Um, times yeah in those minutes and like beyond that what's our net rating so how how bad how much are we outscoring teams we play in the minutes that Jokic plays and now take those minutes and make that every minute of every game if if Jokic if every minute of every game was a Jokic minute so it's slightly flawed but I get what you're saying well yeah yeah but it's just a put it's equalizing the to the the best possible yeah of like yeah if you if every game was played without Jokic they would win this many games if if every play if every game was played with Jokic that then he would they would probably win this number of games, um that type of thing and so it's just kind of like painting the picture of like how how good that team is playing you know during those stretches it's it's just like a barometer for that but um it's definitely the best tool we have for for determining how much a one player impacts to a team um. There's a whole lot of blue in the Western Conference. What are you looking at? I'm just looking at the standings to be like, okay, what teams would they have to be better than without Jokic to still be a play-in? And it is closer than I thought it'd be. Um, But there's like no red. There's the Trailblazers. Oh, you're talking about like team colors. Yeah, I just was looking. There's just not a lot of unrelated. (laughs) It's just all blues and yellows looking at the logos. A couple purples and stuff, but just blues. Oh, yeah, Rockets are red. Um, Rockets, Trailblazers, Clippers are the only three teams that have red. But then you look at blue, Nuggets, Mavs, T-Wolves, Warriors, Pelicans, kind of, uh, Grizzlies, Jazz, Clippers also, a lot of blue. Then you go to the Eastern Conference and it's just like this just spattering of just everything. Yeah. There's true. a lot more reds. In but the not, East. It's a lot more even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Um, I just yeah. The the thing about Jokic being overrated because his team is good is just like it's insane to me. I don't understand how people. I feel like people just a lot of not not everybody, but there's a lot of people who voice their opinion on TikTok and and on Twitter and stuff that it's like, did you just start watching the NBA like last week? I did see one comment. That guy definitely has never watched the NBA. He watches yeah. Sports Center, and that's how he like imbibes basketball content. It's like they they're like right now the Nuggets like what they just did in the playoffs. Like oh, all those guys are playing so good, you know. 
So that must mean that uh, Jokic is overrated because all the guys around him are so good. And it's like, okay, if you watch Jokic throughout his career, the reason why those players look so good around him is because of him. Like, it's not like that they're completely talentless or anything like that, but he elevates those guys to a level that is, is unlike anybody else. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm on team you on this one. Yeah. I'm on team Sambor Shuffle. I'm on team Honeypot or whatever his weird name was. Not Honeypot. Big Honey. Big Honey. Honeypot's when someone like puts on like glasses or a hat and they like just look way more attractive. Honeypot. Maybe. I have no idea. I don't I'm know why it would sure be called that. I think it's called Honeypotting. Let me make sure that it's not something that needs to not be said online. I think online. that does sound some, like something. A person that acts as a lure or decoy in a trap, scam, or scheme. Okay. The senator engaged in an extramarital relationship with the honeypot set up by his political rivals. So, yeah. basketball is honeypotting Jokic from his true vision of being the world's greatest horse trainer owner in the history of mankind. Basketball is a honeypot. With that being said, um, yes, that people on the internet delusional. Yeah, I'm one of those people, but it's crazy that like LeBron still has the amount of weight of like you. You think LeBron isn't the best player on the planet right now? And I'm like, yeah. brother, man, hasn't been for like three or four years in mm -hmm. the conversation. Yeah, like. It's I, okay. Every Michael Jordan played until 2002. People don't talk about that. It's okay. You get worse as you get older. It just mm -hmm. happens. Yeah. It, no, I, I, I agree. Um, also, in 2002, Michael Jordan played 82 games. He was, he was 40 years old. That's a wild stat. Yeah. 82. Mm -hmm. do, we think, um, do you think that there's anybody that plays 82 games this year? Has Mikal missed one oh, yet? Oh yeah, that's I, I forgot. That's like his thing. Yeah, he's I'd like surprised in, he intentional doesn't. about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, AD already missed out on his. <laughs> you know how he said before yeah. the season he wanted to play all eighty-two. I think he's missed at least one. I think maybe even two so far. I don't know. They they are also a team that has underperformed so far. Yeah, I think they'll they'll get better, but yeah, things haven't looked great with them. But going back to the Nuggets, though, that that Rockets game. Um, it was an interesting game. There's a lot of different things about it. Like Jalen Green was terrible, one for thirteen. But I, honestly, I think a lot of it had to do with uh KCP, the defensive job he was doing. KCP had a great game defensively. Um, didn't do much off. I don't even think he he only took two shots or two three pointers. I guess five shots total, two two of five from the field. Um, but yeah, offensively there was just not a lot going on. Uh, Aaron Gordon was pretty passive. His numbers don't look bad, but from watching that game, he just wasn't like aggressive attacking mismatches like he usually does. Like Jabari Smith is a really skinny guy that usually when Aaron Gordon's going against something like that, he'll try to use his size against him, uh, his bulk, but didn't really go to that very much. Um, but and then Alperen Shangun was it was like a. A Jokic versus Shangun kind of mm. battle there for a little bit. He also is the closest. It's like it's like if you it's like he's like a fake Jordan, but he's really close. Mm -hmm. Jokic is like obviously the 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 goal, what you're trying to replicate, and the Rockets have just found like it's close. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's just like toned down, but at like a, a low level. 
Yeah, it's, and it's, at this point in his career, like when Jokic was this age, Shangun's numbers look better than Jokic's did then. But also, I think Shangun is a lot more of a used. focal point. Yes, yeah, he's being than, used a lot more than Jokic was mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. But no, it it is just so chef's kiss to watch Shangun cook. Yeah, that tur- and he's, Turkish, he's got his whatever he's cooking Turkish. Yeah, he's also got uh, his own version of Jokic's like the Sambor shuffle. You know that one-legged shot i actually really like it's like it's almost like a he goes into a standing floater which i i kind of do a lot too just for fun like just shooting around i that's i tend to that's kind of comes naturally so um i'm surprised more people don't do that to be honest just kind of go into the shooting form of a floater without jumping like i feel like i make shots better that way than like just normal shooting sometimes um but yeah, that's what Shangun does. Sometimes he'll just he'll lift one leg up and just kind of do a standing floater. Um, yeah, it's pretty his, it's pretty his, lethal. His hometown starts with the G, Gyrsun in northeastern yeah. Turkey. So yeah. there's not really like a Shambor shuffle just kind of works, you uh-huh. know. There's not like a Gyrsun gallop. It doesn't. It doesn't gallop. Really. Oh wow, that that was a good one though. Well, Honestly. but it, it's not—it's not really a gallop. It's kind of just like a. I mean, the sambor shuffle is not really a shuffle any, either. Well, well, it is like there's a shuffle essence of it. Yeah, kind of like a little bit. Yeah. Sorry, I'm. Yeah. People can't see me if they're watching. I did a replication that was pretty spot on and <laughs> pretty <me>. spot on. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, but well, so it was just a good game. Uh, from what I've heard, what did you see? Like you were kind of talking about it, but. It was like Jokic Duke doing Shangun. What like? Mm-hmm. It just yeah. it seems crazy. The Rockets are better than we thought, but they're uh-huh. not that good. You know? No. Or- I mean, yeah. The Nuggets were searching for something. Like the bench unit was just awful. Every time Jokic was in there, it, things were going decent at least. But every time he wasn't, it was just it, like Jokic. Um, lately, his jump shot hasn't been like super on lock. You know, sometimes he goes through phases where it's like he it's not working super well. Like it, he's not like a god from three point range. You know, it's just not on command like like it was in the it's playoffs. Just, it's just like a good big shooter, not a mm-hmm. you shoot 80 percent from three for some stupid reason. And he can't just be like, we're losing this game. I'll just shoot some threes and get us back into it. You know, like that's what he couldn't do in the Rockets game. And so he just had to keep going inside and, and just post like posting up uh shangun and whoever he had on him but um so but yeah he, he went off for 36 21 and 11 and our uh i i think the game was kind of lost when because we had to lead most of the game um but then in the fourth quarter michael malone kept him out a little longer than usual than you would think just because he kept him in so much of the game before uh so he brought him in at like the a little under the eight minute mark, I want to say, in the uh, fourth quarter, and we I think that it was just too far gone at that point. Like we were, we, it was like you were we, down pretty aggressively when he came back in. Well, we, I it's not that the point differential was that bad at that point. It's but wasn't just like it eight or the, something like that. It was like six or eight, something like that. But the it was just the, the momentum of that they were catching, just the pe- possessions leading up to that. And then right the first possession he was in there, then Fred Van Vliet hit a big three, and which made it, you know, nine or eleven or whatever. Um, and then it was just it was tough to come back from it at that point. And it was like 
it was just like things were not working super well offensively down the stretch. Reggie Jackson uh, was missing a couple threes. Um, it it was just tough. If it wasn't Jokic actually like backing somebody down and and shooting, it, then it wasn't. It basically wasn't going in. Um, and so yeah, it was just it was not a fun game to watch. I kind of just like stopped watching the last couple minutes of it because I was like, we're gonna lose. Yeah. But uh, but we almost won it at the end because uh, I guess like the play by play breakdown of the very last sequence of the game was we were down by four and Jokic hits a three with 13 or 16 seconds left. So we're we're down by one now. Um, And then we foul them as they inbound the ball uh, to put them on the free throw line. They make both free throws. We get the ball. So we're down three in inbounding and we don't even get the ball inbounds. We we turn it over because I think KCP's he, he was the inbounder, maybe Reggie Jackson, one of them. Uh, they were inbounding to Michael Porter Jr. MPJ kind of the way he came off the screen was very loose and allowed like the guy trailing him to to have a crevice to get through and and kind of get the ball before it reached his hands. Um, so we we didn't even get the opportunity to try to win the game. Uh, we gave the ball right back, but, and then, and then, uh, we were down by three at the very end and Jokic had a, of an opportunity at like a full court heave to tie it, but he missed it. That, that was like one where I was like, dude, if he makes this, this is ridiculous. But, um, yeah, so Jeff green also was a big key factor down the stretch of that game also, which is just awesome. Awesome, I guess, but kind of hurt, 14, hurtful 14 also teams, or 14 teams in 16 seasons something like that or 16 i think teams it's 14 like, seasons no it's definitely not 16 i think it's like nine or 10 teams i want to say 11 at most because ish smith has the all-time record with 13 okay um which i wanted him to go to a new team this year but he, he just went back to the hornets which is a team he's already been on i think it was the hornets right yeah i want to say it's oh the hornets. oh seattle so I don't know if they count Seattle and OKC as two or one. Oh, they probably count it as one, but you can. One, I think if you if you two, want to, you can count it as two. Four, five, six, seven, eight. It is eleven. With it is one. Twelve. With it is two. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's made the playoffs with quite a few of them too. I think he's made a play the playoffs with like ten of them, something like that. But uh, yeah. So, but the Rockets are a team that Jeff Green's played for in the past, also. Yep. Um. Yeah, anyways, we don't need to go into a full Nuggets deep dive, but uh, just wanted to mention the that Rockets game and uh, how the Rockets have been cooking recently and how they're a really good defense, honestly, um, with Ime Udoka, you know, as the head coach implementing that. Kind of ri- reminds me of the, the Celtics defense a few years ago. Um, but yeah, so tonight, though, the Nuggets hopefully will stay undefeated at home. We're currently 6-0 and at home. Uh, we're playing another one tonight in Ball Arena at or against uh, the Clippers, who they have been struggling recently. And this is uh, our transition into the next chapter of um, the this podcast episode, which is we're talking about the Harden trade going to the Clippers. They're zero and four since that trade, or with Harden in the lineup at least. And yeah, things have not have not been looking good. I was somebody who said on episode last episode that I thought like I I didn't really have a lot of worries about it at least eventually working, 
now now I would say I have more worries than I previously did. That it'll ever work. Yeah, that that it will ever work. I still feel like it definitely could, but I I do feel a lot less confident about it than I previously did for sure. Go ahead. It feels like they cannot continue to play the role they've always played. Oh yeah, all four guys have to change what they do. Yeah, three of the four. Kawhi can still whatever he does, he can keep doing. Yeah, but I I feel like everyone else needs to slightly shift. Most dramatically, Russ and Carden need to change how they play with one another for it to work at all. Mm -hmm. Um, it's yeah. Yeah, they should. I think they should probably stagger. I mean, they do stagger their minutes, but I would say even obviously this this won't happen in a million years. But obviously, I think what would be best is maybe bringing Harden Harden in off the bench, um, just because like I think he makes the most sense as a six man. Like with not that he's worse than I think Harden is clearly the better player than Russ at this point in their careers. But uh, I still think that Harden like booing a second unit is much more of a uh tan or like much more of a achievable thing a thing that i feel like there's a lot more value in than russ yes doing the, that the lone yes. star <clears throat> yeah so uh i think what you said about them needing to change their their play styles i think that's that's pretty true like and it, it maybe it'd be better if they just weren't on the court at the same time literally taking turns it looks like 2018 Celtics offense where it's like, it's Jalen's turn to run ISO. Now let's have Jason do it. Oh, Jason scored. Let's give him another chance at ISO ball. Yeah. Oh, oh, he didn't score that time. Now it's Jalen's turn. It, that's what it feels like, except it's running the offense, Westbrook or Harden. They just yeah. bounce back and forth. Yeah. I think they should do a lot more stuff like how they, I mean, they played together really early in their careers, obviously, with the Thunder. Um, back then James Harden was a totally different kind of player. He was, yes, he, he would yeah. come off ball, like do come off screens, be moving off ball to get, you know, set up in his spot and, th- and Russ could set him up, you know, like if they had interplay like that together, like, I think that's what they really are missing. And also like just for Paul George and Kawhi, like for them to not like that for them to be set up in that, that similar type of way, you know, like. I think there needs to be a little bit less of a focus on like getting them reps in like just putting the ball in their hands and bringing, you know, like getting into something. I feel like they should be more set up in a way where it's like they're an option of the play of the offense, you know, with when the ball is in either Russ or Harden's hands uh, running some action, either with one of those two guys or with those guys being set up, like coming off of, off of a screen off ball, you know, to get an open three or, you know, something like that. Um, I, I just feel like theoretically it should work, should be able to work, but personality wise, and just like what the players are used to doing is just going to be a struggle. I think that's pretty clear. Um, it is definitely going to be a bit of a struggle. And also something that's funny about this that I wanted to point out is just the fact that these three players are all on the same team, Harden, Russ, and Kawhi, who are uh, you know, that infamous uh, MVP race in 2017. Uh, it was like the three-way race between Harden, Russ, Those and three. Kawhi. Yeah. Uh, Russ ultimately ended up winning it, which is one of the most controversial MVP awards in NBA history. Um, and there's a lot, most people, I'd say most people 
who don't think Russ should have got it think Harden should have got it. But there's a good number of people that are like like Zach Lowe, uh, for instance. And this is kind of the camp where I tend to lean as well, uh, that Kawhi really probably should have won it that season uh, with the Spurs winning like 65 games that year. But yeah, it's just it's interesting to see this team have all three of those guys. And then you know what? Who else is on the team? Paul George, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who also I don't know if he was had a full, fully healthy season in 2017, but it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for him also being in that top five of MVP voting. You know, that would have been a, a, a pretty good year for that. Um, so if this team was assembled in 2017, that would be been insane. It's art like I just think of that sometimes. We're like, yeah. LeBron and AD played like you're just like talking to uh, like sophomore freshman 2013 2014 2015 you like yeah well AD that wouldn't be like as a normal but you know what I mean just go back five years whatever you want to do LeBron and AD play together uh the other team in LA is Harden Westbrook Paul George and Kawhi Leonard yeah um the Spurs found the the their three number one picks all look like they're gonna probably be Hall of Famers somehow magically. Mm-hmm. Popovich is still there, still <laughs> cooking. That is pretty crazy, yeah. Uh, like there's just so many things that you would be like, "What that happened? Mm-hmm. That's crazy!" Like till 2014, you Giannis, one of the best players on the planet. You're like, what? <laughs> Yeah, if you would have said that back then. The project player that the Bucks took? Yeah. Fun fact, it worked. It's just crazy to think, like, just having hindsight, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, where things no. are right now. Even, yeah, even just looking at, like, where, like the, like, the fact that Harden is on the Clippers, like, looking back at, like, last season, the end of last year, um, where things are now. Like, Dame being on the Bucks instead of the Heat, which is where everybody thought he was going. Yeah. Things like that. Um, but looking at the, the the beneficiaries of this trade, though, the 76ers, they got a bunch of wings. They got Marcus Morris Sr., Robert Covington, uh, Nicholas Batum, um, and I think K.J. Martin. I think those were the four players that got moved in the deal over to the Sixers. I, mean, I might be missing somebody, but those, those were like the main guys. Um, and they got some collection of picks, obviously. I think we, yeah, we already went over this last episode, but uh, the, the Sixers, though, They've looked amazing this season without Harden this whole time, you know. So I think that was a great trade for them, obviously, getting getting a bunch of assets that they could potentially flip into another star or sub-all-star at some point this year to try to really make a push for the title. With Tyrese Maxey stepping into that, like, full-on uh, star role, really, you know, like... He, I th- something that I love about Tyrese Maxey is he he just kind of has this is I'm stealing this from the uh, DNVR guys uh, their podcast but they they were saying that how Tyrese Maxey has Jokic energy um, which I, I just agree with like he's just like he's not like a stereotypical star type of vibe like it's much more of like an of an inclusive um, even though he's a bucket getter yeah like his just the way his personality is as a teammate is just very like unselfish i guess um and something that i that i heard over the summer apparently that uh Embiid's trainer Tyrese Maxey became an intern for Embiid's trainer this summer because it's like so he could practice 
throwing the ball to Embiid, just like just the chemistry of being able to get Embiid the ball in like the post and like different spots on the court, things like that. And it was That's like, wild. yeah. And that kind of thing is just, uh, it sets, I know those things are like things that people don't usually talk about or like hear about, but like, I feel like those are the type of things that really make a difference a lot of times, um, in things working out, mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't know. I just feel really good. I feel like the, the Sixers, this is another thing I've heard from the NVR, DNVR podcast, but also other places. I think the Sixers vibes right now are at an all time high. Oh yeah. This is the highest they've ever been. Yeah. Like things are just looking good and feeling good. Um, Which they should like you get rid of James Harden. You get like back things that you can actually use maybe more than you can actually use, but you get back pieces you can actually use. Mm -hmm. And then like the guy that needs to step up first game steps up for 50 points. Two days later, you beat the team that gets you out of the playoffs every year comfortably like, it was a close game, but they were in control for most of that game. Yeah. Like, they beat Boston with, like, anyway. Just, and then, like, they just keep on doing it. And now, they're, like, the only one-loss team remaining. Mm-hmm. After yeah. losing their first game, now they're just back. Joel Embiid is looking spicy. Not, mm-hmm. like, MVP runner spicy, but he looks good. And see, I, I think, I think Embiid is, he's, Playing a lot more unselfishly this year. That that's part of like the the vibes thing being at an all time high. Like Embiid is playing more, more like a, uh, not doing not having so many possessions in ISO and playing much more as like just a piece of the offense. He is just shy of six assists a game. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like a different play style for Embiid, but it's it's just funny how uh there's a lot of people last year like making fun of like in the whole Jokic versus Embiid debate people who were like making fun of like the fact that Jokic fans have to bring up like the playmaking and like you know things like that when when the Embiid fans talk about how much more Embiid scores in the post and blah 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 and it's like looking at it this year with with Embiid taking that approach dialing back the the scoring and more so putting it into the like playmaking side of things it's like the Sixers are looking a lot better and playing at a at a level that is just noticeably higher. Um, so it's just kind of ironic <laughs> yeah. to to view it that way. But um and like we were talking before the podcast started, uh it was, I thought it was a, a really good conversation we started to get into though, which was the Levine oh potential. Because Levine, um, uh it was just publicly said uh what kind of prompted our initial conversation. Is the Bulls and Levine have both like mutually talked and agreed that like maybe we should look to send you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And this has came up in the past, but as you said before we started talking, feels like the pump is the most primed it has ever been mm-hmm. to see Zach Levine wearing a non-Bull uh, jersey. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um, I think it's going to be either him or DeRozan. We'll see move this season probably, or maybe even both, to be honest, if the Bulls go like full rebuild. Um, but yeah, one of them I'm, I'm guessing will probably be moved. And something you said was that DeRozan, like for teams he, that, yeah, you go ahead. So like I was like, any team that wants to win, I would rather have DeRozan. Mm-hmm. And then you said, well, it kind of depends on fit. And then you said, well, the Sixers. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like if if he's able to be like I am 
buy into the role that is very clearly there. Yeah, Levine. Mm-hmm. Levine and Levine is like has the skill set to do that better than DeRozan would. Um, but he would yeah. have to be like, I'm the third option. And yeah, be okay with that. Probably, yeah. it's the third option, or maybe the best team in the NBA. But it's the third option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. And no, it's it's a fluid thing that like some there'd be some nights if he's the hot hand that he would probably just be the guy. Mm-hmm. But then exactly. there'd be other nights where if Joel Embiid is having one of those just nights, you don't mess with it and just let Embiid do Embiid things. Or yeah. if Maxi's on pace for a fifty burger. Also, the thing that I was, like, the most shocked about that is it seemed like it just came to him. He didn't force a 50-point game. Yeah, he only shot three free throws. It just, like, he took the shots that came to him. hmm And if it wasn't there, he just passed. Like, yeah. it was... It was an ethical 50 ball. That doesn't happen. When's the last time that's happened when a, a guy doesn't get to 40 and go, like, okay, let's, let's keep this going? And just start taking shots if they're hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there was a couple times in there, obviously, where it's like, maybe it's a little close, but I've hit the past, like, three or four three-point attempts. I'm mm-hmm. sending it. Yeah. But that's warranted. Mm-hmm. Even unselfish players deserve a heat check. Yeah. It was, it was, that was art. That mm-hmm. was art. Yeah, that was a, that was a great 50 ball. It, it reminded me of, of Jamal's 50-point game that he had a few years ago. Um which was the season before he tore his ACL. Like the, it was the season he tore his ACL, but it happened before. Obviously, he tore his ACL. Um, he, he, I think it was fifty, either fifty or fifty-one, but he did it on zero free throws. So he has the highest scoring game of all time without a single free throw attempt. Um, that's yeah, which is just nuts. And then the other thing with that is like I, I just I think that Maxi has just risen to a level that is higher than. A lot of people ever thought Maxi would be at honestly. Um, I think he just kind of keeps he keeps rising, you know. I guess the most Maxi talk I hear is from our friend Anthony, who's always been like irrationally high on Maxi, but now it looks totally oh, yeah. warranted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> it like, yeah. um, like what the second he got the opportunity, he just was like, "Yep, I am good," because he showed flashes and like oh, yeah. big games. He would for have sure. these moments where like, man, that dude is just just annoying why mm-hmm. is he doing this mm-hmm. uh and then the f- i'm just terrified actually yeah he's a great shooter uh great shooter off the ball like off of uh the dribble off movement um and he's also one of the fastest players in the league uh fast <laughs> so it's it's nice it's a it's a nice combo i feel like him and Embiid are a nice like two Embiid punches. finally has a deputy that is like compatible. Mm-hmm. They didn't bring in like another. Oh, you you need the paint. We got this guy in the draft. Uh, he <laughs> also needs to exclusively use the paint. Yeah. Can you guys make that work? No, it's it's it is good for Joel Embiid. I'm glad that it it took him long enough because uh, even Harden things didn't work out perfect. Mm-mm. I mean, uh, they had a great season together for sure. The playoffs didn't look pretty at the yeah. end but uh i mean hard like without harden there last year i don't think Embiid wins the mvp no um like this th- is just i think the next level you're getting 110 percent of joel Embiid this year and maybe it's not just because harden's gone but it just it feels like the next level of has being taken 
from a guy mm-hmm. that was already like a a perennial MVP candidate. Um, yeah, for sure. I don't think he's. It's weird as it sounds. I'll talk about. Oh, he's playing so well. I don't think he's playing like a back to back MVP. I don't know. It just is weird. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I wouldn't be my MVP so far. I mean, Jokic. Yeah, would obviously yes. be my MVP so far. Uh, I think that I think that's a very uncontroversial thing to say right now. I think um, it's controversial if you say actually anything else. Oh yeah, I yeah probably honestly. Is there another name that you could say that'd be like okay, be acceptable? Maybe Luca, Ant? I guess. Or Ant. Oh, just because of the wins that Ant has, just like oh, those top three, four teams in the NBA, we've beat all of them because of me. Yeah. That Ant, uh, Ant would be a good one. I don't know if it, you could say him over Jokic. No, but, yeah. but it wouldn't be... Con- it'd be like a... That was going down a rabbit hole. We could talk about that in a different episode. Because that's a that's a team... Man. Mm-hmm. Look at them wolves go. Mm-hmm. They're just, just wreaking havoc on the world. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Yeah, they're... Uh, they're making... What's the I word? Th- they're like the... You know, making that Gobert trade. They're changing the narrative on... I I think at least I haven't heard anybody say this yet, but I feel like that's honestly we, we might be looking at the Gobert trade pretty differently here if that if that continues the way it has. Well, no, been. and my I saw something crazy. Uh, Brian Windhorst, I think it's wrong, but he said uh, word around the league is the T Wolves couldn't even get a pick for Cat. Really, like, that surprises me. That there's no world that like it might be like seventy five cents on what Cat's actually worth dollar type of thing but it's not like you're getting nothing you're not gonna get you're not getting zero back there would have to be some first round picks i I doubt that there would be but instead of there being like the two or three maybe it's just one or two or one in a couple seconds like it's it's not like instead of like the four or five type of thing that that most stars go for nowadays it'll just be lower than that yeah um but i don't know who wants him I just know the teals probably don't. But well, right now they might. I think things are looking pretty good. I mean, I just know in the games that I've watched. Granted, I did not watch the Nuggets one, Mm -hmm. but it's just been like the T Wolves beat the Celtics despite Carl Anthony Towns. Oh yeah, I mean, Cat Cat wasn't good in the Nuggets game either. But it's just like he's still he still unlocks something for that. Like he's a big part of why their their defense. Not big part, but he's a part of why their defense is so so smothering inside because of all the length. Like it's not just the fact that they have Gobert. Like that no. Gobert, you know, in Utah, it was like he was a walking top ten defense. Now we're finally seeing him with other length and other like defensive players around him. And this it's scary. That's that's what it looks like. <laughs> I think that'd be true and would matter if Nas Reed wasn't the guy that would fill in for him. Well, yeah, but now you have you have some you have to have somebody who fills in for Nas Reed's spot, and that's I guess if you think Leonard Miller, the rookie they got in the draft, is, is ready for that. Um, I but like if you can get something to help, give you a more consistent Mike Conley spot, because that's what limits this team is the consistency offensively out of Mike Conley is going to be what like slows this team down. Like looking at the. Uh, plus minus for the Celtics game. Mike Conley was negative 18. Oh, really? What was Gobert? Plus. Really? I... Plus 24. How in the world? I thought they would 
Maybe they don't, but I just assumed they would probably stagger their, like, not stagger, nope. but the opposite of that. Like, pair their minutes up as much as possible, Gobert and Conley. Whenever Gobert's on the floor, Conley should be. I thought, I, I would guess that's if just my basketball brain, that's what makes sense. Because Conley is, like, what unlocks Gobert as a piece, offensively speaking. You know? Um, but Ant which Look, that's another thing. Anthony Edwards is, has grown in that department as well. We've seen Anthony Edwards throw some alley oops this year to Gobert, which is just yeah. a thing that was unheard of before. No, Ant is Ant is a a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, geez, Louise, he's just he's top ten for sure. Right now, with how he's been playing, he just has to be. So who does he bump out? Booker. Booker, or do you, you had Shea at 10, pretty sure, in your top 10. I think you had yeah, Booker at it's 9. It's probably Shea. He, no, he, at the bare minimum, he is in the 14. Dame's out of that group with how he's played this year. So Not far, as a yeah. player, but as Ant is for sure at least. So, like, because my 10 was, I had KD way too high. I don't know why I did that, but that's not the point. You had KD at 4. Yeah, KD was way too high. Um. But like Jimmy Butler, Dame, LeBron. LeBron was your 14. I'm just trying to remember who my guys that were outside the top 10, but were on yeah, that list. LeBron was 14. Kawhi was 11. Jimmy was 12. And Dame was 13. I take sure. Ant out over every single one of them this year. That's pretty fair. I think Jimmy's been really good this year too. Well, and Kawhi. Um, but Kawhi also no, hasn't had... Ant Ant has uh, I would say beaten, it's fair to say Ant is over them though. Yeah. Beaten the two best teams in basketball, not single-handedly. Ant was the offensive reason against two pretty good defenses. It's not like the Celtics are any slouches on defense. No, you guys are the. the, the I think you guys have the second best defensive behind rating. the T Wolves. Yeah. Um, and it's not like the Nuggets are any slouches on defense. They're not like, but we're eighth right now. Um, he just at will. Just it was just gross. Everything went in. He's just good. He's just stinking good. And while I'm. I'm going to go from good, happy to angry. Okay. Joe Missoula, call an effing timeout. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Dude, you're doing good things. The team is melding better. Just call an effing timeout. Jalen Brown on a cold night does not be needed to take the, the, the attempt to tie the game or to win the game. <laughs> yeah, I... I didn't see that one, but I feel your pain, though. Well, no, and then I text you that I'm all mad about Jalen Brown. And then the next two nights, cooking. He's just saucing up people. And I'm mm -hmm. like, gosh, dang it, Jalen. Consistency. Uh, the best part of this KP trade, the same way he, like, him, Chris Tapps, and Jalen Brown just work. Just those two, their two-man game just works. Mm-hmm. To the, the to the oomph degree. KP and who? Uh Jalen Brown. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um it just 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 <laughs> Yeah. But go ahead if you had more. No, to say. it just and like I was texting you, I was like, send Jalen to the moon. I'm done. Mm -hmm. And it's just because Jalen Brown has always had the greatest like being the second option cushiest ever because if he had a bad game tatum would pick it up yeah. so it like didn't matter like oh they won anyway whatever 
whenever Tatum had a bad game and Brown had a bad game, all the blame would go to Tatum. Tatum, yeah. And then whenever Brown had a good game, even if Tatum was fine, it'd be like, oh my, get this man a first option somewhere else. Yeah. They can't play together. But then whenever he, but he's if he's just non-existent, he just catches no blame. Mm-hmm. Like the Sixers, neither of them played great against the Sixers. But KP stepped up. He's like, I'll have 30. I'll, I'll be that guy. Mm-hmm. Someone else help. And neither of them showed up. And it was Drew White's, uh, Drew White, Drew Holiday. He was like, there's still a couple things. Drew Holiday was very good for us against the Sixers. Um, he was very beneficial when he was on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, it just was, just, bah, just makes me sad. We're so good and so bad sometimes. And I say so bad. We just are not consistent offensively, and that irks me. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't need to score 130 points a game, whatever weirdly dumb high number we were at going into that Wolves game. Just get 110, because your defense isn't going to give up much more than that. You don't, have, like, you don't yeah. need to be crazy. You don't need to live and die by the three-point line. You've just got so many pieces that work. Just, just, just anger. Just anger. No one outside of the Nets has gotten above, oh, the Heat got above 110. The Nets and the Heat. Just get 110. Wow, those are the only teams you've let get over 110? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? T-Wolves, oh, T-Wolves got to 114, sorry. So, but yeah, Nets were at 114. Heat were at 111. Yeah, no one else has gotten above 110. You guys' defensive rating on cleaning the glass is 104.7. So, that's second in the league. Behind the Wolves? Yeah. The Wolves is 102.0. Yeah, no, the Wolves are gross. And so league average this year is 113.2. So the <laughs> the Timberwolves are 11.2 points below league average. Or above, however you want to look at it. That's also... And the only thing that's holding back this T-Wolves off, it's, it's Mike Conley being like a negative piece on offense. And not and it, like opening things up. They held the Raptors to 94 on opening night or 97 on opening night and lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Mike Conley, he's just, just not been shooting well, right? Yeah. And yeah I'm just, I think I'm, I think what he does as a as a floor general, though, is, is still has still been important. Um, I, I, I can't speak on this too heavily because I haven't been like super locked into that th- side of things. But like. uh. I don't think it's like Mike Conley has to change everything. It's probably as soon as the shots start falling for Mike Conley, I feel like things will turn around. You know, because their offense is the only thing that's going to hold them back. If Ant can't just be an insane superhuman superhero every game that they need him to be, that's what's Mm going to hold the team back at all. Yeah, for sure. I think. Um, Yeah, that's probably true. They're 15th right now. This is all on cleaning the glass, by the way, which is, not cuts like out garbage time yeah, and exactly cuts out something else doesn't it they cut it's out, just garbage they, time. they cut out garbage time and they uh they average it out to points per 100 possessions what would the um do, do what is their definition of garbage time is it like a a point differential or um oh well, actually it says the garbage time and possessions at the end of quarters that are highly likely to end up in a heave are excluded okay um 
cleaning glass uses a definition of garbage time that is as objective as possible and generally matches up with most people's perception of what garbage time is. When the game is out of hand, both teams have subbed out most of their starters and the game never gets close again. So there's a formula they have that. So they just go through and it's it just is like if X number of starters are out, the difference is this much. Yeah, so the game has to be in the fourth quarter. The score differential has to be uh, less than or equal, or no, greater than or equal to 25 for minutes 12 through 9. Oh, and then like progressive, okay. Yeah, mm mm-hmm. Exactly. Because if it's like a 15-point game in the last three minutes, you're probably not seeing people. Yeah, so... It could come back, but that's not a... Yeah. Starters can get subbed out at that point. Yeah, it goes down to... um, Yeah, so it's 25, differential of 25 uh, for minutes 12 to 9, then minutes 9 to 6 is is 20, uh, differential of 20, and then 10 is for the remainder of the game. So the last six minutes of the game, if the differential is greater than 10, then those possessions don't count. And don't get closer. Mm-hmm. Well, no, just the possessions when, when it's like that. It goes by possession basis. So it's like oh. every possession in which the, the game clock is under six minutes left in the fourth quarter and the, the differential on the scoreboard is greater than 10, that possession isn't included. I think that's slightly flawed. But uh, it's hard. It's be hard to get it exactly perfect. But that that's I, yeah. Like the you might lose a couple possessions that are like that probably wasn't garbage time. But for the most part, you're getting it. What getting what you want out of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um. But oh, yeah, yeah. So the the other thing I wanted to mention really quick was uh, Tyrese Halberton because the. Looking at the best offense in the league right now on cleaning the glass is Indiana <laughs> uh, with 122.4 points per 100. And uh, that just reminded me of the other night. Tyrese Halliburton had a game where he had 17 assists with zero turnovers. Hmm. 17 assists, zero turnovers. Pretty good. Yep. That's... Uh, an assist to turnover ratio. I've, I'm now math major, but that, I think that's an assist to turnover ratio of 17, 17. to zero. That's yeah. pretty good. Uh huh. <laughs> pretty insane. Um, but I think something that you brought up, um, in the preparation for this episode was 76ers being the ranked being ranked over the Bucks right now in the East. Right. Yeah. So. Um, I guess, did you want to go into that at all? Okay, so I've been like, the Bucks thing's not working. It's not like broken. It's just, in its current state, whether that's because of coaching, whatever, it's not working to the level that just about everybody thought it would be. Yeah. It's not working. Mm-hmm. Their defense is abysmal, and offensively, they're not even like out shooting their defense by near enough. They're 500, I think, last I checked. They're six oh. and four. Okay, so they were five and five when I last looked. So um, I think they were five and five. Five and four, probably. Not five. Because they're duh. Five and four. Um, but anyway, the like that's not great Mm -hmm. at all. So yeah, they're actually. I don't know what they do to fix it because it's like it's not just a play better thing. 
Jay yeah. Crowder is going to be out for a while, which is like maybe a way they could try to help their defense, but that's not like what Jay Crowder can do anymore. I just, it's, it's, it's worrisome. Yeah. And according to cleaning the glass, they're actually playing a lot worse than their record. Like they're number, really? they're number one in the league in terms of when like the differential between what their expected wins is and what they have. And it's early in the season, obviously, but I mean, expected wins is 3.9 right now because they have a, have a point differential, a net rating of negative 3.6. Yes. Which is 21st in the league. Yeah. So it's just, I just, I'm, they're not, not good, but they're not good right now. They aren't good right now. That's a fact. It's a two-man race for the East as of right now. Mm-hmm. And it hurts, but I think the Sixers are in the driver's seat. If they like Over the Celtics? They've wow. just, they just play so good, and they've looked so good in like four games. Yeah. I'll I still maybe, think you have to lean Celtics, though, just because. Maybe the- after tomorrow's game, if the Celtics just come back and just punch them in the mouth so hard. I will be a completely different person on our next episode. Are you playing him again? Tomorrow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I that'll think be... tomorrow. I'm pretty sure it's Wednesday. The Wednesday game. That'll be a good rematch. Hopefully everybody's playing. Because Embiid didn't play last game, right? Or he, he played against Boston, right? But He, just he did play against Boston. He didn't play in the game that Tyrese Maxey had 50 points. Correct? maybe oh i thought you said that earlier i'm just going based off of what you said earlier honestly i thought you said first game without Embiid, maxi had 50 points first game without harden it wasn't the first game just one of the games without harden oh gotcha. he did play i don't okay. know if Embiid has missed a game yet okay yeah then i didn't know he, yeah i was solely i knew he played against that. the celtics i messed up when i was okay yeah i think then yeah, then I guess we would expect them all to play, and that will be an interesting rematch. Um, but yeah, the Bucks experiment right now—it's just like I think missing Drew was a lot bigger of a thing than I previously thought, and also couple that with the decline. Like I think even if the Dame trade wouldn't have happened, the Bucks would still be in a pretty bad situation right now. Like things wouldn't be looking good for the Bucks. You know what I mean? Like this would have been a yeah. clear like step down for them probably because Chris Middleton, the fact that he's just still looking like completely like a complete shell of his former self right now. Yeah, Chris he does Middleton. not look even and that's in the other yeah, sorry. He yeah. looks not normal. He does not look like well, maybe this is the new normal for Chris Middleton. He does not look like the I'm gonna turn into Michael Jordan in like June or and be May. like a like a legit all star. Yeah. You know? Not lucky all-star, a legitimate, yeah, all-star. Mm-hmm. And then Brooke Lopez is, is showing some signing signs of aging, uh, being like 35 or 36, something like that. And then um, Bobby Portis has been playing well, but that's like you got Giannis and Bobby Portis who are playing up to standard. Lillard has struggled a little bit. Um, he's kind of been like very back and forth. Like He's had some good games, but hey, he's had some abysmal games. Um. So yeah, things for the Bucks right now. I I think it's worse right now than it will ultimately end up being for sure. Like they're they're a better team than what they've showed so far. Um, but yeah, thus far it is things do not look promising, and you were not crazy at all for putting them at sixth. 
I think sixth is pretty fair, if not like maybe even lower, you know, than six would be the right place to put him right now. Which is just crazy. Mm-hmm. Like if they weren't in the central, they would be like ring the alarm bells. <laughs> yeah. No, but if okay, if they're in the Atlantic division. That would be ugly. They're third in the division. That's the nightmare scenario. I guess if they're in the southeast. Never mind. I'm stupid. But it's just like it is, yeah, they're not great. They're bad at basketball and they suck, and I was right. Haha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cleveland also being a team in their division right now that's not been playing very level. But I think they'll get better as well. Evan Mobley hasn't hasn't been improving the way that me and other people hoped he would, but um, he's just kind of looking like the same player he's been. uh, Which which is is not bad, it's just not a big jump. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and then... So, so 76ers over Bucks. You said even 76ers possibly over the Celtics. Who knows? I think I'm just depression. Um, I had the worst sporting weekend in a long time. For oh, me. really? Yeah. I guess what happened in the Nebraska game, I don't even know. Pain. Who did we play? Pain. We played Maryland. Okay. Are they good? No. <laughs> but we're not either. Yeah. It's fine. We're fine. Hey, Matt Rule, Marcus Satterfield, if you happen to listen to this podcast, just let Purdy play. You don't need the brownie points from letting the Carney kid play. He's not a quarterback. Heinrich Harburg is not a quarterback. He is a running back or a tight end. Say it with me. He is not a quarterback. He's getting better, but he's not a quarterback. Jeff Sims has some sort of weird turnover bug and has lost all his confidence. Lean on Purdy and don't make him be the hero. You hear me? We can make a ball game still. Wisconsin's not unbeatable. I was not unbeatable. We've had four chances to win one game and we squandered two of them on quarterback turnovers. And then my Patriots suck. Ah. <sighs> Yeah. At least my Celtics are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty really good. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> um, so football just not looking great, but. No, it's yeah. not. Mm-hmm. But so you said Nebraska is still able to be in a bowl game, though, potentially? Yep. We, have, we are five and four. We are five and five now. We started at five and three. Mm. We had four chances to win one game. And the first two were the easiest two wins. So the only thing is Wisconsin has been looking pretty duty shoes recently. And Iowa is Iowa. So that game will be a 3-0 victory probably for whoever wins. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Because both of the offenses are so comically bad and the defenses are so unfathomably good. It's just. It's going to look like that. Yeah. No, our defense is actually legitimately good. Like if our offense and defense were both as good as our defense, if that analogy makes sense, mm-hmm. we would be like a, a fringe top 15 team, top 10 team. Like we would be actually good at football. Yeah. 
Our defense is immaculate. Mm-hmm. We give up a lot, but it's fine. We want a three, a five, three, a three, three, five, five defensive backs, and you send a lot of blitzes. And uh, so sometimes you give up big deep plays. Sometimes, mm-hmm. but you you also get, get a lot of yardage sex. going the other way. Yeah, yeah, negative yardage. Um, um, this doesn't need to be uh, part of the episode, but I just read the wildest thing, and I need you to hear this. Okay, get ready. This is yep. from r slash uh, NBA Circle Jerk. Should the Brooklyn Nets kill five of their players? <laughs> I can't even get through it. Should the Brooklyn Nets kill five of their players to trigger a disaster draft to improve their roster? To trigger a disaster Oh, An NBA I, disaster draft a is a contingency plan to be used when five or more players on a team have died or have been dismembered. Yeah. In the draft, the team whose players died would be able to draft the amount of players from other teams equivalent to how many they have lost. Other teams, though, are only allowed to protect five players from being drafted, but many teams have good sixth men that are available. With the Nets having bad contracts and underperforming, such as Ben Simmons, they could just kill two-way players and bench warmers to fill out those five to get the disaster draft. According to Ben Bill Simmons, the next team would also get the first pick in next year's draft. Now the next draft class is weak, so I can understand their hesitancy, and being a repeat offender that is killing five players on your team in two separate occasions could raise some eyebrows, but this could still <laughs> greatly improve the team. No doubt killing your players will have bat- with bad contracts and then killing your bench warmers for six men would greatly improve them and other teams. Would you guys think, what do you guys think? And should any other teams do this and who would you kill? <laughs> this is a fun exercise, not in the kill. Oh my gosh. But like, we'll just call it force retire. Like if you had to have five guys just be gone not gone. Wait, gone. let's let's not skim over what's the like the this no. Brooklyn. What? Why is this person so upset? Like they're five and five. What? What was? What was he expecting from this net season? That it's so like disappointing. Well, I think it's that there's no future. Well, yeah, they're kind of in this middle ground right now. But like, no, it's it's delusion. And I didn't read it until the end. Where the and who do you think they should kill? I think it's a joke. Oh yeah, one hundred percent is a joke. You say that there's some crazy people on the internet. No, there's there's no way that's um, not a joke. But <laughs> what were you saying though? You you started to go into something. Um, that would be an interesting exercise though. On like, what's the best team you could build if like five players were protected on each team? Oh yeah, like how mm. good would that team be? I think it probably. It could be pretty good. If every player was be- like, so every player available where, except for top five are blocked. But if you take a player from a team, all the other players on that team are now unavailable. Also, I believe. Yeah. But like, so you- just looking at the Celtics, Al Horford and Drew Holiday, Derek White, some, yeah. s- some collection of those three players are available. Yeah. Th- then you look them. at, Two right. of them, and then, like, what are some other sixth men teams? Um, I guess there's. I mean, in Indiana, there's probably quite a few players with Bruce Brown, um, Buddy Healed. Um, this is gonna that, take forever to actually. Yeah, that is out. that is an interesting thing that we could probably look at sometime. But, um, but uh, I do not wish ill on anybody in the NBA. I hope they all have long, fruitful lives. And develop into the best possible players they could be. Mm-hmm. 
Just I'm putting that yeah. out there. Do not want case. a disaster draft to happen. I yeah. do. I want the opposite of that. Actually, mm. I would like an expansion draft, Adam Silver. Because guess what? The league is primed for expansion. Yeah, I think it's funny how you, this is a nice bit that we have going where you you dive into this every chance you get. But um, it's funny because I feel like if Adam Silver actually heard these episodes, he'd be like like confused at why you're calling because i feel like he's he's doing everything he can i feel like he's one of the biggest proponents of getting an expansion to oh happen. no it's absolutely you know? that has nothing to do with adam silver on it's just like league. he's the face of the league and you're yeah just, you're talking more to the universe than anybody else Yeah, i'm talking at the nba but i feel like but giving it a, a human name is funnier yeah uh-huh. instead of being like nba adam the league is prime it's just better <laughs> no i'm like because he's even talked about like Vegas is for sure mm-hmm. the city that will get one. And then everybody assumes Seattle is the other one from what I understand. Yep. And he's also, so. he had a quote the other day saying that he, uh, they're also talking about Just Mexico city. You can go into 34. I don't know about that, but he, at least sometime in the future, he's, he's talking about uh, potentially expanding Mexico to city. Mexico Same city. Yeah. Vancouver and Montreal. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you'd have to find one more, Adam. I'm not a math wizard. Yeah, he just. Make it. I think maybe not all of them would be, but like those are all like options. I think is what he means. But I could rock with like a Billings, like a Billings, Montana. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well <laughs> I, that would work. I just think it'd be cool. Well, yeah. that'd be good. A Boise, <laughs> no Boise, Idaho. Boise might. Yeah, that's one that I've thought about. Like in that big dead zone of the U.S., you know. That it's, doesn't have like anything. It's beautiful. And Boise. It's not Boise dead, would be a. No, I mean like in terms of like uh, population centers, population and and like having big like in franchise sports, things. Yeah, sports well, franchise and. Uh, like Boise State has a huge following. Yeah. Collegiately. Yeah, I'm sure because um, it's like a, it's like the biggest school within a, a large radius. Yeah. Which I mean, it's pretty close to the western edge of that zone. So it's like not far from like Seattle and Portland, I guess. Um, in the grand scheme of things, but yeah, so there's still like a big, pretty big dead zone in like basically that that big stretch, uh, east of the Rocky Mountains, like right after the mountains end, like, and then so like so like the the Panhandle of Nebraska and the eastern little piece of Colorado just make that an entire like vertical post that goes through the entire map of the u.s mm-hmm. you know up and down that whole zone is pretty dead uh because it is pretty arid because of the like the climate there because of the the mountains or whatever it's like a dry place yeah but yeah um i don't know i i talked about I i'm pretty sure that's thing. yellowstone i think that's a giant national park like the whole all the way to like canada it's just all Yellowstone. No, Yellowstone's giant. Yellowstone doesn't go into Canada. It's in. It's it goes up to the border of Canada. Maybe it's in. Why I know it's in three states. It's like Wyoming, Idaho, and Montana. I want to say. Um, and it's barely in one of those. Because that's the one that's like it's legal to commit. It's like a loophole that you can get away with crime technically there. <laughs> It's barely in what, what? Which where am I looking? What is this cursed map? 
National Park Service, get your crap figured out. It's barely in... Dude, I'm going to set the National Park Service a nicely worded letter. What yeah, it's, is it's does, it definitely doesn't go up to Canada. It gets... No, it's like a shockingly close. No, it's like the bottom oh, of Montana. It's not that... That's Canada, pretty much. <laughs> it's like bigger than you would think a national park would be, but it's not like a... a it, is a it, it looks like it's like a 16th of Wyoming. Yeah. But it's like it goes into Montana and Idaho a little bit. Yeah, there's no world that even gets close to Canada. I'm a little dumb. <laughs> uh, but I think it's either it's either Idaho or Montana. Like it's barely in Idaho uh, from visuals. Yeah, like I think that that little stretch of land, which I think is like still like 50 square miles or something. Um, since there's nobody who lives there, it's technically legal to commit a crime there. Not legal, but like you can't. There's no way you could get like charged technically by by the way that the uh, laws or the Constitution is written. Um, have you heard oh, about this? Idaho? No, no, like the Constitution of the U.S. It's like a because the Yellowstone is a federal pro yeah. of a federal land, um, and so it, like the way it's well, worded what is does like that, mean that all national parks would fall under that. Then no, because um, it within the state they're in, uh, they can, they can form a jury of the people who are state citizens of the park that it's in, you know, uh, like would that live in that, in the zone also, like, mm -hmm. you know, so like that's, that's only an issue when you get to this little sliver of Yellowstone that's in Idaho because there's exactly. nobody who lives there and it's mm -hmm. in Idaho. So you have to make the jury out of all Idaho civilians who live in Yellowstone, which there's zero of. So you can't have a jury, and therefore you can't be try like go on well, trial. Is that how juries work? It's just your peers. Does do our peers hard state lines? In the wording of of this particular rule, it yeah. is yeah. Oh. But and so somebody okay. went. But like the funny thing is, I don't know how many people have. I would tried. imagine state crimes, but if you were to commit a federal offense, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, I th right? I, I don't I don't know offense, for sure. Your peers would be the whole country. But for a state crime, yeah, if I you guess. Do, like, no, because it's yeah, no. Somebody, the thing is, you can get like the way the loophole is is explained is like you can technically get away with murder there, like you can murder somebody and technically wild. It, Other you than like your moral compass being like, don't do and that. and also I'm saying technically because there's no world that you would actually get off scot free. Like, and I know that for a fact because the one person that I do know. Who has gone there and tried committing a crime to get away with this was actually charged anyways because the the judge was just like oh he like overlooked it he just like like was like uh i'm the arbiter <laughs> that's a, a stupid loophole like we're not doing that <laughs> and he just oh, did it anyways wild. yeah <laughs> so uh which i i figured would probably be how it how it would go because the jury like it in so many cases the judge has a lot of power to be able to be like to make judgment calls that's why he's the judge judgment calls um so yeah it's just a, a fun interesting uh uh i don't know what you call oh, it's that, not even like, real anymore did it get amended or something it got fixed i think yeah because the united states district court for the district of wyoming is the only u.s state to have jurisdiction over multiple states 
This is because its jurisdiction includes all of Yellowstone Park, which extends slightly beyond Wyoming's boundaries into Idaho and Montana. In addition, the federal government has exclusive jurisdiction over the park, so crimes committed in the park cannot be prosecuted under any state laws. Oh, yeah. Trials Mm -hmm. in the district court are normally held at the federal courthouse in Cheyenne. However, the Sixth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution decrees that the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime has been committed. Because of this, the charges for the crime alleged have been committed in the area of the park in Idaho would have to be tried before a jury consisting of entirely residents of that area. However, the Idaho portion of the park is uninhabited, so a jury of residents, both the state and district, would not be impaneled, and the Constitution guarantees the rights to a jury trial specified three separate times, a defendant facing any felony or misdemeanor charge being unable to receive a constitutional trial could not be legally punished regardless of guilt or innocence. After the loophole was discovered, he worked with Congress to close it. He suggested lawmakers in Wyoming that the zone of death, which is what it's called, yeah. mm-hmm. be included as part of the federal district court for the District of Idaho instead of the Wyoming district, which would fix the issue. However, Congress ignored these suggestions, but in 2017, C.J. Box wrote a novel called The Free Fire that featured the zone, which Box hoped would increase governmental awareness. The novel did not succeed in alerting the Wyoming Senator Mike Enzi to the issue. However, he was unable to convince Congress to discuss it. No, no. Oh, just kidding. I thought it had been fixed, but it has not been fixed. Oh, yeah. Because I was going to say, I feel like this happened recently. The guy that went and killed an elk there and was like, <laughs> get oh, That just came up. Gosh dang it. Oh, 2005. A poacher oh. named Michael Bel- Belderain illegally shot an elk in the Montana section of Yellowstone. And while that section of park does not have does have enough residents to form a jury, it might be difficult to put together a standing and fair one due to the due to travel or unwillingness of members in a small portion there. So a federal judge ruled that Berain could be tried in the U.S. District Court of the District of Wyoming, despite the Sixth Amendment problem. He cited Count's paper, The Perfect Crime, to explain why he believed it was illegal to have his trial with a jury from a state was other than where the crime was committed. The court dismissed this argument. Uh, he took a plea deal condition so that he would not appeal the zone of death issue to the Tenth Circuit, rendering the issue moot, at least for the time being. Nice. I just read Wikipedia. Yeah. It's good though. Yeah. I'm sure that'll be cut. That was more for us just to know. Yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> I mean it was an interesting little fact here at the end of the episode. Um if we... <laughs> but yeah, which I think that is where we should be at right now at the end. Um as this has dra- dragged on a little bit. But and we're getting to that that mark where we want to be at that sweet spot. So, yeah, I guess uh, the only other thing I I had written down to touch on was the Mavs, which are just a surprise. Um, won't go into too much depth there, but they're they're playing better than I had thought. Um, I th- I thought they were not going to look good at all, but the fact of the matter is that they they do look very good with Luca. He's dialed in his three point shot. Like in the past, you know, he's been like a subpar three point shooter, but he's just been like really good at creating them. Um, now he's still creating 10 a game off the dribble, but he's actually making them at like 43% or whatever, which probably won't sustain at that level. But the fact that he's doing it even like above a league average mark is like a big improvement. Um, and his sh- and his free throw shooting is looking better also. Um, and Kyrie Irving has also been playing a lot. Derek Lively is probably the, the big, like big key, like full circle. We're going back to the beginning of the episode um, with that one, that Derek Lively is the key to why uh, a lot of things are working better than, we thought they would for the Mavs. So yeah, with that one, uh, we will be done here today. 
Uh, please like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, follow the, f- the podcast feed on Spotify. Give us a rating. Uh, do all the things. Follow or uh, go and subscribe to the Patreon. Become a member there at patreon.com slash hoop theory or do like a one-time donation over at buymeacoffee.com slash hoop theory. All of the links of all of these things should be in the description of both the show and the episode wherever you're listening to this. And without further ado, Jacob, do you have anything else to say to the people? Peace!